What's up, everybody? Michael and Stephanie Rowan here, and we are in episode three. Three, Trace. Of Heart to Heart. English. <laughs> <laughs> we are starting our new series, which we are very excited about. Yes. We have been being inundated with um, text messages and emails and prayer requests and Facebook messengers um, about relationship issues. You know, in this series every week, uh, we want to be able to talk about subjects that are relevant to you. Uh, have you ever been in a church? Have you ever watched a television show or a documentary? It could be anything, Netflix, and you're like, this doesn't even apply to me. We want to be able to talk about issues that matter, that help you each and every week with your personal life, your job, your finances, your parenting, your marriages. And speaking of marriages, probably the number one request that we get from people viewing online uh, or when we go out in ministry is, man, y'all's marriage, it just so healthy. How do you guys do that? How do, how do you have the healthy marriage? How do you have the, the laughter and the vitality and the communication? And, uh, you know, it's, it's social media, folks. No, I'm just kidding. That's totally a front. <laughs> totally. No, it's not. It's amazing. Each and every day with you. Unbelievable. It's a dream come true. And so we want to be able to share some tips and things uh, to help all of you. Uh, in your life in this Marriage Matters series, right? Yes. So in the Marriage Matters series, we're going to be talking about topics and issues that relate to healthy marriages. Um, this week we're doing um, how to fight fair. And I don't want you to think if you're on here and you're um, a single or you're not in a relationship, that this does not apply to you. Everything that we're going to talk to you about tonight, you can apply to relationships in your life. We are focusing them tonight on the actual marriage relationship, but this can go so far with your family, your friends, your coworkers. So take it all in. If you ever hope to be married, <laughs> one day we'll be married. Use this now, but especially when you get married, it's great stuff for a healthy marriage. This is the type of subject matter that you don't want to have a crash course in the night before you get married. <laughs> you need to prepare yourself now. It's kind of like a boxer. A boxer doesn't the night before a fight just go, oh, I better drop down and do 20 push-ups. I got to fight tomorrow. He prepares himself months, even years in advance so that when the day comes, he's ready. He's prepared himself. Uh, not that you're going to fight all the time, but there will be some fights. There will be. Uh, before we get into the teaching tonight, we want to remind you, share, share, share this uh, video uh, podcast. And also, please feel free to comment each and every one of you, if you have a question uh, throughout the episode tonight, we'll try to keep track. This is always interactive. We want it to be that way. And so remember that. Yeah, you guys have friends that we don't have and your friends have friends that you don't have. So the more people that share this message, the more people can hear the message. So feel free. It's on um, Pastor Michael's page. It's on my page. It's on our ministry page, Michael Rowan Ministries on Facebook. You can comment, like, share, questions, everything. We want to get this to as many people as we can. So be sure and do that now. All right. So tonight, how to fight fair. Um, you're going to have fights. There's going to be disagreements. Yeah. There's going to be times of tension in your marriage. And it's really not necessarily if, but it's when. And so how you respond to the times in your life with your significant other where there's tension or where there's a disagreement, differences of opinion, how you handle it is so, so vital to the vitality and the health of your marriage. So tonight we're going to talk about basically the wrong things to do. Yes, uh, it's not necessarily a 
how to, but a what not to do when it comes what to conflict. Might, that's right. And that's how you learn to fight fair. Yeah. Uh, you fight fair by not doing things that are negative, that cause even more tension, more conflict, more arguing. So, uh, so do you want to kick it off tonight? Sure. So, um, before we get started, though, I just want to say everybody looks at us and we have our friends even come up to us and say, y'all must never fight. I think we fight every day. But like when I say fight, there's always conflict. We're two individual people. We have our own um, quirks and qualms. Um, we're two imperfect people um, sharing a home, <laughs> sharing this relationship. And so there's always something that comes up. I would say almost daily, people think we don't fight, but we've just learned how to fight fair. And so we, it doesn't control our lives. It doesn't hurt our marriage. We have a very healthy marriage. One of my prayers when I got married was for God to use Michael to help me be the better wife that I could be. And a lot of that comes through conflict. That's where you grow. We were talking about struggles. And if you're not struggling at some point, you're not growing. And so I think you guys all need to look at conflict and fighting and disagreements as an opportunity for growth in your marriage instead of looking at it as something negative. Right. It's kind of like when you break a bone. When that bone heals, they say that the bone is actually stronger uh, after the healing of it being broken. So there's lots that we got some strong, strong bones. But, uh, you know, uh, we don't even like to call it fighting. It's, an, it's intense moments of fellowship Yes, is what we call it. So tonight, uh, learn from this. We'll get through as many as we can. If we don't finish up, then you can join us next week. But uh, so first of all, we have found in our marriage that failure to acknowledge the problem is a huge, I guess, stumbling block for a mm -hmm. lot of people in marriage. Yeah. Not acknowledging there's a problem. Kind of, you know, uh, hey, uh, everything's fine. Hey, is everything okay? Yep, we're fine. Everything's great. Yeah. Women do this a lot. They, it's kind of like when their husband comes home and maybe the woman is, the wife is mad at something, but they, um, I don't know, maybe they don't want to get into the fight or they don't want to have it out, but they're mad. And so the husband, is everything okay? Yeah, everything's great. Fine. And, and, and it's not fine. And I don't think there's anything wrong with saying, no, I'm upset right now. Or no, uh, there, there's something that you do that bothers me. Or yes, this has been on my mind. And a lot of times to say that there's not a problem, it's just a simple matter of pride. Yeah. It's I'm, I, I, I've got ego that is getting in the way. I've got pride that's getting in the way. And I don't want to admit that there's a problem. When there is a problem, there's nothing wrong Please understand, there's nothing wrong with telling your spouse, being open and honest and saying, yeah, I got an issue right now. We need to talk about it. Humble yourselves. We talked about humility last week. I'm telling you, if you could learn to be humble and embrace humility in your life, it goes a long, long way. Yeah, I think some people, maybe you've been in conflict and you have the same fights or the same issues over and over and over again. And maybe you just get so sick of it that you just don't want to address it. And so that's where um, failure to acknowledge the problem can come in as well because you just don't want to deal with it anymore. And so you just act like everything's fine, but all you're doing is burying um, the emotions and the conflict deeper down. You never really get it resolved. And that actually can lead into our second, the second, the second con way not approach. to, uh, yeah, which is withdrawal. That is basically um, giving your spouse a silent treatment, mm. ignoring them. Um, you know, when you walk into a room and it just feels cold, you can feel the tension, but you're just not talking. You're not dealing with the issue because honestly, you probably just don't want to get into another knockdown, drag out fight. So you would rather just ignore the issue, ignore your spouse and not deal with it. Sleeping on the couch or being in the doghouse or all these different 
very ineffective things that we do uh, to try to deal with conflict in our relationship with the person that we love. And it's just, it's craziness. How do you think you're possibly going? I'm not saying that there aren't times we need to catch our breath. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. Uh, she's she's a pro at that. She's like, you know what? You need to give me some space right now or there's going to be things coming out of my mouth that are not going to be nice and you're going to be hurt. And so I understand time to cool down. But there has to be a time where you get back together. Husbands, wives, fiancés, girlfriends, boyfriends, friendships where you come back together and say, I can't withdraw so long that we're not dealing with this issue. And here's here's kind of a story I wanted to, to share here, I think that goes along with just the withdrawal or the maybe not addressing the issue, um, you know, after it's kind of passed for a few days. So if any of you have ever injured yourself, maybe a twisted ankle or a broken bone, um, you know, you maybe go to the doctor, okay, you've got a broken, you've got a, a torn ligament and a broken bone. He says, all right, you cannot walk on this ankle for, let's say eight weeks. Don't walk on it. And he gives you the little rolly thing for your knee or the crutches. The scooter. Yeah, the scooter. And so he's like, all right, it's going to take eight weeks for you to fully heal from this injury. Now he says, the part that I'm worried about for you is that halfway through your recovery, the pain of it's going to go away and you're going to feel like you can walk on it but it's not healed and what you do when you do put pressure on it and you do step down the first time and you do walk on it you're going to cause more injury even though the feelings the pain maybe has subsided it's not it's not ready to be walked on and so a lot of times in marriage we don't fully heal and so maybe you have a knockdown drag out and you do the silent treatment or you do the withdrawal and you kind of push yourself at distance and maybe a day, two days goes by and maybe the anger or the emotion, the frustration, the pain of whatever the fight was mm, yeah. has subsided, but the issue has never been resolved. Hmm. And so what happens then is you, you move on, but you're still not healed from it. And then the next time the fight comes, you step on it and you re-injure yourself. And it's a, a worse injury now. And then the pain goes away a few days later and then you, you keep, you keep doing it. And so some of y'all are ro <laughs> walking around with broken ankles like all the time because you never get back to finding your full healing. And so I, I wanna say don't quit halfway through your recovery. Yeah. Scripture I want to use out here is Galatians 6, 9. It says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So when you're in a fight and you need to take a cool down, that's great. Cool. I have to personally. I have to take a cool down. I have to walk away um, or I could say something very damaging. But when we're finally cool and calm, we don't just ignore that the issue never happened. Right. We come back together as grown-up, mature Christian adults. And we talk about the issue, <laughs> we and try. We, we try. We, we try to find a way to get through the complete healing on that so that we don't keep injuring ourselves. And there's so many, so many marriages, I think, that go through the same fight over mm. and over and over again because they never get to the root of the problem and discuss it. And I think a lot of times what they do is they go into these first two terrible responses of ignoring it and... Um, Withdrawing. I kind of think of also uh, another analogy is uh, when you take antibiotics when you when you're sick. A lot of times the doctor will say, "Please take the entire cycle of antibiotics." Mm -hmm. We start feeling better, but they'll tell you, even if you're feeling better, take the whole cycle so that you can be completely fully healed. Yes. So you know what? Do not ignore these things, uh, it, it, ladies. Let me tell you, from a dude. <laughs> 
if your husband or your fiance or your boyfriend says, baby, is everything okay? And it's not okay. Please, for God's sake, say it's not okay. Men are not mind readers. Men are not psychic. We don't always know. And so most women will go, well, he should know. He should not. We don't know. If I ask Stephanie what's wrong, I can promise you 98% of the time I do know what I don't know what's wrong. But I, I know I, I know there's something wrong. I just don't know what the root of it is. So quit playing games, men and women, and just deal with the issue. It, it's gonna be great for effective communication and, and, and healing. All right, the third thing. Third terrible way uh, to fight. Uh, is to ignore the conflict's importance. Yeah. Um, if you go into it acting like it doesn't matter, that's harmful to your relationship because anything that you guys have um, that's strong enough to have an argument over or have conflict over is important enough to address. So when you act like it's not important, you you bury it and you don't talk about it, just like we were saying. So any argument you have, any conflict you have is important to deal with to find resolution and to move on in your relationship so you don't keep having the same issue over and over again. So for you ladies to say, well, it doesn't matter because he's not going to change anyway, or for you guys to say, well, you know what, it's stupid, she'll get over it, that's placing uh, unimportance on the issue. Let me tell you something, if it's, if it's upsetting her, then it's important. It doesn't matter if it's <laughs> trivial to me. It's a big deal to her. I'll never forget when I was in youth ministry many years ago. Uh, you know, teenagers. You know, I was a youth pastor, and you know, they were going steady, and they break up and things like that. And I remember one night I was talking to my dad, uh, who may be watching tonight, and I said, "Man, these teenagers. It's so stupid. You know, they 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 break up and they get upset and this and that and the other. It's just puppy love. It's not a big deal." My dad looked at me and he said, "Well, son, it's real to puppies." Yeah. And I never, ever forgot that. So how many of you guys know that it might not be a big deal to you, but it's a big deal to them? Uh, she could tell me what it is, and I might think, that's silly. But I can't not place importance on it, because if it's a big deal to her, it should be a big deal to me. It could be the stupidest thing in the world to her, but if it's upsetting me, then it needs to be a big deal to her. So make sure that you treat it with the weight that, that it needs. Yeah. What's next? Next, oh, this one. <laughs> Woo! Christians, Christians, listen up. All right. One of the most terrible responses to conflict oh. that I find is spiritualizing it. Mm-hmm. Okay, there there is a time in marriage and in relationships for godly correction, for reproof, but it is never during <laughs> a fight. First of all, when you're when you're in an argument, you're in a fight. You just need to go pray. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, your, your defenses are already up. Whatever defense mechanism... <laughs> you need to get right with God. ...we develop, they're Whoa. already up. We're already protecting ourselves. And so <laughs> any of our self-defense mechanisms are going to come out then. And so when someone becomes the, like, godly one in the relationship... Oh, that's bad news. You know, you need to go pray about this. Or you're not being the woman of God you need to be. Or you're not being you're not the priest being a spiritual of leader. Home. Yeah. You know what? I don't know why you're so <laughs> upset about it, Steph, because Romans 8 says all things will work together. For those Here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> really? <You> gonna- <laughs> when we're when we're not being our best selves, 
when we're in a fight and maybe we're not acting the most godly way we should. We know, we know it. We, we know don't it. need someone telling us that we're not acting the right way. Especially someone we're upset with. Yes, that's the worst. So please, 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 please never go to When did I just, just a few weeks ago. Oh, oh my goodness. Yes, you yeah. Oh, this was a bad one. Um, who, you were talking about, oh, it's heart to heart. You, uh, I forget what we were doing, but you're talking about one of the disciples and you were like, Oh, I remember. Okay, go ahead. Well, go ahead. I was saying something and I felt like she had very little faith uh, to believe (laughs) that this particular thing could happen. And uh, I said, well, you just need to understand that this is going to work out this way. No, I'll believe it when I see it. Or no, I'll believe it when it comes to And I said, well, let's just have the faith to believe that it's going to work. Nope, nope. When I see this particular (laughs) thing happen, then I was like, Man, you're just like Thomas. You Whoa. doubt. You're just like Thomas. You oh doubt God. everything. You got. It was so bad. Like she, but the way he said it, he was like, "You're just like Thomas, and you doubt everything Jesus said until it happened." Well, no, remember, I, like Tom, remember <laughs> they were like, "Jesus is alive," and Thomas was like, "Nope, I gotta, I gotta put my hand in the, I gotta touch the nail prints." I was like, "Gosh, you're just like Thomas right now, y'all." She, her head swiveled around so fast, I thought she was going to get whiplash. I was like, that is the ugliest that was thing ugly, you've, you've ever, ever said to me. Oh, my goodness. And I've never said it again, nor will I ever say it again. <laughs> so, and it wasn't that what he said wasn't true, but I, we were already in an argument. I was <laughs> well, already, thank you. I was, That's so sweet of you. Already angry. And then when he comes in and he was like, you know, just pointing out but using scripture and the Bible and stories of, of people and their mistakes and what they did to call me out. Like I was already angry. It just made me more angry and the fight escalated a little bit where it didn't have to <laughs> had he not said that. Had I not said it that way. Let's just say this before we move on. Anytime you use scripture to validate your point, anytime you use the spiritual angle to get the upper hand, to get your way, to prove your point, it's actually probably one of the lowest blows that you can use in dealing with conflict in a relationship. It's just not the time to do it. Like Stephanie said, she she's come to me when I haven't said a word and said, you know what, babe, I'm sorry, I was wrong. I've come to her and said, I apologize, I'm sorry. So just make sure you use a little, a little patience, a little understanding, a little tact. And don't try to go in there as some Bible thumping. Yeah. I got to set my spouse straight because they're evidently not as in tune with God as much as I am right now. That's that you will not resolve anything taken and, out of And we see this a lot in Christian homes and in, in marriages where the, the spouse may come up to the wife and say, you know, you're just not being submissive right now. And the Bible says <laughs> wives should, you know, and there's, there's a time to correct your spouse, but it's not in the middle of a fight. There's time to use um, and to grow them as a Christian. So let's say it's post-fight, we've made up, we've forgiven each other, and Michael comes to me and maybe I've been doing something where I can grow as a Christian. Well, he can come to me kindly then and say, you know what, I just noticed recently that, you know, maybe your faith isn't where it should be and maybe you need to just, you know, he could have taken what his example was during the fight and used it to grow me when when it was in a hostile environment, when emotions weren't already high. And so there is a time for you to correct each other and to grow in who you are in Christ, but it's never good during a fight. Absolutely. Okay, let's give you another one. Uh, And another, uh, if we were to put a little asterisk or gold star on some of the points we've been talking about tonight, 
uh, one of the biggest ways uh, or uh, one of the most negative ways to deal with conflict, fights, disagreements in marriage is keeping score of negatives. Yeah. This is a big one for Stephanie and I. We see so many relationships that keep score. Well, you did this and you did this. or uh, I, We talk to people all the time. Well, she did this, so I get to go do this. Mm-hmm. He bought this, so I got to buy this. Well, he blew it there, so now I got a hall pass. Uh, you know, He can't be mad if I blow it. And, and that's just keeping score of negatives. Philippians 3.13. Go read it sometime. Philippians 3.13 teaches us to forget about what lies in the past and to throw mental lists away. Throw it away. Throw it away. Do you remember when you forgot our anniversary seven years ago? Seriously? That's just ridiculous. And so um, I think men and women both do this. But, you know, is it fair to say women a little bit more? Um, I'd say so. If if, If a woman comes up and says, you know, February 12th, 1997. What do you got to say about that? (laughs) And then the guys immediately start scrambling around. Uh, You know, I just don't think it's fair to constantly bring up things. Matter of fact, let me say this and I'll let you chime in. In our Theo 4 class in Bible college, uh, the professor said something one time that blew me away. He said, guys, he said, your spouse does not need to know everything about your past. Your spouse doesn't need to know everything. And a lot of times, marriages, they'll say, well, I did this, I did this, I did this, I did that. And they think it's going to bring them closer together. I promise you that when there's conflict, the enemy will diabolically use some of those things for your partner to throw bullets or arrows at you. There's certain things about my past. I don't even think it's healthy. There's certain things about Stephanie's past. I don't need to know all that because all that's going to do is come up later when there's conflict and it's going to cause unnecessary pain. Yeah, try try to live in the moment. I say it all the time now. When you're you're living in the past, that's when you live a life of depression. When you live a life of anxiety, you're always living in the future. But when you live in the moment, in the here and now, that's when you have peace. And so you can't change what's happened in the past. If they've made a mistake, it's done. All you can do is forgive them and move on. And when you move on, that's where it needs to, it needs to, like God, when he forgives us, he says, it's it's so far from the east to the west, like it's gone, he doesn't remember. And I think we need to take that example and try to be like that. We're supposed to be like him anyway. Supposed to be like that. So the past is the past, you can't change it, you can't rewind the tape, just leave it there and focus on the here and now because bringing up stuff from the past just never, it never does anybody any good, it just creates, more anxiety, more defense, and it's just... I don't even want to bring up the bad moments in our past. It's gone. I've forgiven you for it. You've forgiven me for it. We all know I've been a knucklehead at times. You've never necessarily been a knucklehead. She's had her moments, but we don't call names. (laughs) But, uh, man, this time always goes so fast each and every week. So let me recap these five very ineffective, terribly negative ways to uh, approach conflict in a relationship. Number one, failure to acknowledge the problem. Don't ignore it, it's never gonna go away. Number two, withdrawal, the silent treatment. Trying to ignore it, don't do that. Number three, ignoring the conflict's importance. It doesn't matter necessarily what the, the conflict is about. If he or her are bothered by it, 
then it's important. Number four was spiritualizing it. Uh, let's be like Jesus, but don't try to be like Jesus over your partner when you're going through conflict. And the last but not least, it's all we have time for tonight, is keeping score of negatives. You know what? Let's keep score of the positives. Yes. Let's, let's keep score of the amazing things that God's doing in your relationship. I hope that helped you tonight. We got kind of a testimony, don't we, before we end tonight? Yes. So if you joined us last week um, at the end of the program, as many of you guys know, um, Heart to Heart is a ministry of Michael Rowan Ministries. And so if it's your first time tuning in or you don't know much about us, um, we're evangelists. And so we travel every weekend somewhere in the world. That's our mm -hmm. national ministry, which you can look us up on michaelrowanministries.com. And so we have um, kind of a, a two-part purpose. We are going after souls, and we are going to get people in love with Jesus and to get people out of apathy. But secondly, we have a huge heart for missions and for children's and orphanages and, and for those that can't take care of themselves. And so we were talking about this last week. We have an orphanage in Pakistan called Our Father's House. And they had approached us last week and they needed money for food. And so we had made a plea to all of you watching that we needed $300 and we were going to do the first 150. And we just want to give a testimony that the other 150 did come in. Mm -hmm. So we are very pleased to announce that we were able to send $300 over to the orphanage in Pakistan. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. And any time that you want to donate, um, most of the proceeds from this program do go to our missions project as well as keeping us on the road. Absolutely. Keeping this uh, this broadcast, uh, it all takes finances. Everything we do, whether it be our crusades, whether it be our online ministry, uh, whether it be our orphanages, our missions work, it's all because of our faithful, faithful people that give and sow seed into this ministry. Speaking of, we want to give a shout out tonight to our very, very incredible family of partners called The 50 Club. And uh, we thought it would be really cool tonight for all of you to hear from some of them. So we gave a shout out to a few of our 50 Clubbers and said, Hey man, will you let everybody know what it means to partner with Michael Rowan Ministries? And this is what they wanted to tell you. They came and held some services for us and the message and the ministry that was brought there by them, that what the Lord did through them there was it, it touched us and blessed us in so many ways. They work so hard, they, they love people, they, they love God most of all, and they love spreading the good news of uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ all over. Not just, uh, not just in any one region, but all over. They're tireless. I support their ministry because I believe in the work that they do, traveling and spreading the word of God. And I also love that they treat you like family. Um, they're so personable, and that's what makes their ministry so special. When you came to our church, River City Community Church in Jacksonville, you rocked the service. You ignited a fire in us, and we were already on fire. <laughs> and those that were lost, oh my gosh, you reached and touched so many people. And for us to be able to have the honor of, of donating just $50 a month it is it's a no-brainer. I know what it's like to personally be touched by one of their messages, even when I know I didn't even know I needed it. Um, so when I heard about becoming a 50 Club member, I knew that if they were able to touch my heart in a way that I didn't even know I needed, that I need to be able to help them do the same for others. We've been blessed abundantly, and I believe it's all because we've been faithful to giving 
to um, and pouring our seed into this ministry of Michael and Stephanie's. And we can't think of a more joyful cause to give and support than to them and, and their ministry. Being a part of the 50 Club with Michael and Stephanie Rowan is a wonderful opportunity to reach people for the kingdom of God. Because they can go all over the world. They can go to different cities and different states and do the things that we can't do. They're reaching the nations for Jesus Christ. Michael and Stephanie, are, they're the real deal. We're proud to be part of your 50 member club and hope others will jump on board too. Let's be a part of a great ministry and watch people's lives be touched and changed. How awesome was that? So we, we cannot tell you how much we love our 50 clubbers. And the, our 50 club partners mean the world to us. Um, we're a faith-based ministry, which basically means we have no idea how we're going to survive each week. How, how we do this for 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the one thing we can't always count on, the one thing to always keep us on the road, maybe it be to buy a tank of gas or an airline ticket or a hotel um, on the road, um, or to keep this ministry going, <laughs> that's our 50 Club, and they mean the absolute world to us. So if you're interested in finding out more about our 50 Club partnership or joining the 50 Club at michaelrowanministries.com, there is a 50 Club partner um, link. You can click that and you can sign up and one of us will call you personally to discuss it with you. The real cool thing about being a partner in our ministry is I've supported ministries in the past. I never heard from them. Uh, I'd get a form letter at the end of the year that just kind of said thank you for your contribution. I never supported a ministry to hear from them, yeah. but we never wanted the 50 Club partnership to be just this ocean of people that were nameless that we didn't know. I knew that this would always be a family. Uh, we have a closed Facebook page that is exclusive for our 50 Club members and all of our 50 Club members hear personally from Stephanie or myself. It's not some intern, it's not a secretary, it's not some administrative, some down the line. You will hear personally from either Stephanie or myself because if we're going to have someone that loves us, supports us, prays for us, and supports us each and every month for $50 to keep our ministry going, we feel like the very least we could do is be a phone call or a text away. So if you would like to be a part, we need your help. All right. Well, we will give part two. Yeah. Uh, actually, part two, I'm just looking over this. It's, it's really good, guys. We're going to talk about name calling, blaming, mm. some really good stuff next week. So you don't want to miss, actually, for the next several weeks, we are going to just dive into um, matters of marriage because marriage matters. Love, sex, intimacy, finances. We'll even talk to you single folks and uh, get you guys headed in the right direction. Would you put your hands out like this so we can bless you every week? We never like to end a broadcast without you receiving a blessing. We put our hands forward because we're giving it to you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. And may he cover you with his name, the name of Jesus. God bless you guys from Michael and Stephanie. We love you. Thank you for hanging out with us at Heart to Heart. God bless you.